Ladies and gentlemen, Scott Crawford. We are so excited to have had this opportunity. This man needs no introduction. He's a complete badass. And he was very generous with his time and his authenticity. And we talked about, boy, this was, you know, as, as he and I said afterwards, this was not an interview. It was just a conversation between two people who share some similar traits and philosophies, just kind of learning from each other. And it was awesome. So let's get to it. Y'all enjoy. Hey, what's up, y'all? It's Will with Schedule Fly here. And man, I'm thrilled, really thrilled. I'm sitting across the table from Scott Crawford. And uh, we are at Crawford & Son here in Raleigh, North Carolina. He's had this for several years. It's 2016. He just opened Jolie recently, right next door, his new restaurant. He's got another in the works that I read about, so I'm going to ask him about that. But uh, Scott's a five-time uh, James Beard semifinalist. He's a badass. Uh, he's got an impeccable reputation in the industry here and abroad, or you know, a wide. And uh, he took time to do this, and I really appreciate it, Scott. Thank you. Absolutely. Thanks for being here, Will. Uh, okay, man. So you grew up in Florida, working in restaurants down there, front, working in the, the front of the house. Is that right? At first? I did. I, uh, early in life, grew up in Pennsylvania, rural, okay. rural Pennsylvania, outside of Pittsburgh, and uh, moved to Florida when I was 17. Okay. And that's where I got my first restaurant job. Okay. Gotcha. And uh, started in the front of house, like, like a lot of people to, uh, you know, there are only a few industries that will welcome, you know, troubled youth. 17-year-old surfers. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> and so um, it was a good way to make quick money and support my lifestyle there on the beach, surfing and and whatnot. So uh, I didn't know, you know, initially that I had any sort of passion for it, but uh, that developed pretty quickly. When you started cooking? Right. Well, even, you know, I mean, I, I could tell I belonged in restaurants immediately. Uh, but the, the passion really started, yeah, with, with cooking. You said, I saw in an article I read, you said something, it, I related to it a lot, so I wanted to ask you about it. You said uh, something to the effect of when you have a lot of manic energy, you need a, an outlet for it. And uh, that sometimes that that had not served you well until you found the restaurant scene. Um this is a good place for that, but tell me more what you mean by manic energy. I think I know, but I'd, I'd like to hear what you what you think. Sure. Well, you know, I mean, I just had, uh, as a young person, uh, I felt the need to have a creative outlet for this yeah. sort of energy that I had and this the, the way that I wanted to express myself. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's almost like... Uh, well, let me use this analogy. I have a German Shepherd. Okay. He's an amazing dog. What's his name? His name is Jesse. Okay. But he's a working dog. Yeah. And if he doesn't work, then that energy can turn into trouble. Yes. With him. And yes. so his job is the ball. Mm -hmm. And, and I'm, when I tell you that's his job, that's his job. And so if we play ball with him twice a day, he's the best dog you can imagine. Yes. If we miss a day... And that energy that he has yes. turns into shenanigans. Yes. And that's just an analogy I can use to describe how I was when I was young. I, had, I was a very creative person, um, and I didn't always have an outlet for that. And yeah. I was also um, a very uh, sort of troubled person from uh, some of the things I experienced in my early years. So Yeah. Those, that can be a recipe for disaster, and it was for a while, yeah. for, for, until I found an outlet and, to, a, and, a, and a way to channel that energy and that, that desire to be creative and, and a way to express myself. I think a lot of times, and I mean, I think you find a lot of that, those personalities in this industry is why I like to expand on a little bit. I mean, I think that um, when you're wired that way, if you don't have that outlet in some sort of structure, like when you do, when you find something, you are full on in and like you're All going in. to freaking master it. Yeah. If not, you're disinterested and disengaged and 
yeah tr- trouble whatever yeah. you know not paying attention doing that you know whatever because you just you need somewhere for that i relate to that i have a uh, one of my one of my children i have three kids and i've got one that's i mean it's just clear as day you know when he finds something he likes boy he is locked and loaded yeah. but, well and and interesting that you say that because then you know i became obsessed with cooking and and perfection to a point that became detrimental to me and my health right Mm -hmm. and then i had to learn how to Mm -hmm. not be obsessive about it how to be healthy about it so there were you know growing up in cooking and in restaurants there were so many lessons that i learned and um, fortunately you know i was able to learn them and stay in it and find a way to be healthy and uh, um, those lessons were all learned the hard way though do you so okay so you got to a point where you get so extreme with it how did you know well uh, my health started to deteriorate i had a i I joined a a company the ritz carlton hotel company and you know started doing openings for them during a large expansion period where they were opening hotels all over the country and when was this uh early 2000s okay and um, prior to that, I had only been in restaurants. And hotels are just brutal. They're beasts, yeah, you know, especially sure. luxury hotels. There is definitely a, a human cost to all that fancy yeah. uh, treatment that others are getting. And I didn't realize that going in. I just thought Ritz-Carlton, hey, that's the pinnacle of, of uh, you know, hotel. Well, I just didn't realize how hard it was. And I think that, that that's fairly common. We, yeah. don't, we don't know how hard any of this is Mm -mm. until we get in it and start trying to be really good at it right and so to my fault i became obsessed and and realized to be the best you know i just needed to work Mm -hmm. all the time and then you know like a lot of people uh coped with the stress and the um exhaustion with alcohol and drugs which uh led to even more problems yeah and that's when i i knew i started to suffer from depression uh it seemed like the whole world was living but i was just this sort of zombie Mm. and so i started to become conscious of it but then i started to have health problems and and knew that uh in fact i was hospitalized twice in one year physical well at one point i had an autoimmune uh issue where my 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 immune system began attacking my it, my own body and one weak area was my pancreas and, and my my immune system killed mm-hmm. all the living cells or healthy cells in my pancreas and so I ended up with a blood sugar of 900 and I was in slipping into a coma and it was Man. a near near death experience just from being obsessed with work and and self-medicating and all a lot of the things that went on back in the back in the day, yeah. working tons of hours, high stress, yeah. drugs, alcohol. Probably even though you're a great chef, you're not even maybe even eating the best stuff. No, all the not time. eating like, well at all. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So this is something a common theme that people are speaking out about now. And yes, so, it's awesome. Since we're talking about it, you know that's that was my reality. Now, after that came, okay. Well, I need to learn how to. I don't want to get out of cooking i love cooking yes i need to learn how to make this healthy right and uh that's taken some time and some consideration and and actually having my own company to be able to do that to be able to call the shots and and be able to do that so how did you uh what did you do about your i'm asking because i'm i'm very curious this is we're dealing with this uh one of my family members right now with autoimmune issues white cells attack i mean like white blood cells are attacking the esophagus all that like what did you do did you i know you obviously made lifestyle changes but did you change your hours diet all the start meditating exercising what did you what were the things you did to help with that pretty much all of the above yeah so i came out of the uh, icu with you know now insulin dependent so you were in the icu yeah yeah okay my pancreas didn't produce insulin anymore so i'm what they call a type 1 diabetic for the rest of my life um 
so I'm in, dependent on insulin to survive when I walked out of the hospital. And that didn't really set in yeah. for, for weeks, maybe even months. I mean, that was real. I was sort of in a denial. I don't know what, I, I guess it just wasn't sinking in just how, um, just how sick I was. And type one. That's okay. So that's adult onset of type that's, one. That's correct. Which is not. Common. Not normal. I mean, normally it's type two right. adult onset. Okay, right. that's no joke. Okay, right. I mean, so I. It took me some time for me to really get my head around this, but I I started to understand that only I owned my health and my future and yes. how how things were going to play out for me at that point. I'm 30 years old and I'm physically falling apart and mm. and uh, coming close to dying and and I have uh, addiction issues and. So I went about, you know, one thing at a time, quitting smoking, getting sober, uh, learning about health, uh, learning about more about diabetes and how I can uh, manage it just besides just through insulin therapy. And then um, really taking ownership of my future and, and my health and what that was going to be like, because if I... If you in this industry, if if you allow it, it will, it can and It'll will you destroy up. you. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Now, if you say, "Hey, you know what? This isn't working for me," and, but I still want to be in the industry, then there are lots of great things that you can do. But you have to choose carefully who you're going to, who you're going to work for, and who you're going to, uh, uh, or maybe create your own company, your own uh, destiny. Yeah, yeah, it's a. Uh hard to find that balance in this industry it's hard enough in just doing anything these days um very hard in this industry i'm very excited that i can't there's been so many owners i've interviewed recently uh where the topic of sobriety has come up and you probably know steve palmer um ben's friends just saw him yesterday okay we had a ben's friends board meeting i'm on the board you're on the board okay Mm -hmm. well there you go yeah and we had a meeting in charleston yesterday to discuss uh the expansion of Ben's friends and and how how that was going to uh, look. He's uh, they're a customer too. He's uh, all over the place. He's hard to get. Ben, if you talk to him, tell him you uh, tell him to come on the podcast. I'd love to have him because I want to talk about Ben's friends. I think what y'all are doing is fantastic. The industry needs it so badly, and the industry can really advance significantly. I think if folks like you and Steve, you know, are leading the way not only in your craft but in spreading that message, it's such a big thing because it is really is just pervasive in hospitality unfortunately it's people that are working their asses off trying to make other people enjoy and it just takes a lot out of you so it's a easy thing to fall back that whole work you know work hard play hard yeah got to let some stuff out after all that yeah yeah no it's true it's it's difficult and uh there are you know, our industry's been plagued with alcoholism and addiction, and uh, I perpetuated that for a long time before I realized just how unhealthy it was and just how uh, wrong it was for me to uh, teach that to my yeah. protégés. You know, that yeah, you're work leading hard by example. Yeah, I'm yeah. leading this way. You know, uh, that we work hard and play hard. It's yeah. what I was taught, and then I, and it's mm-hmm. what I was taught my cooks and my sous chefs so now my mission is to teach them healthier practices and we still work hard there's never going to be a time when we can just relax no so how do you how do you manage that stress yeah and you know a lot of people go to work for those that they want to learn from right i mean most of the people choose to work for me specifically right. for one reason or another they want to work for me to learn from me yes what, what, what's made me successful what you know what's my deal with cooking and so it's my responsibility to teach them i think healthier ways to navigate this industry and be successful in this industry and healthier ways to deal with the stress and so some of the things we and i i think it really comes down to that you know yeah. we we have Ben's Friends, which is a support group, and I think that's a little going a little bit further for those who are struggling with addiction or alcoholism. Right. Um, but short of that, you know, let's just say you're in the industry, you're not struggling with addiction. 
Well, I just think as leaders, we just need to be teaching better practices, period. Right. Better ways of dealing with the stress and better ways to be sustainable as an industry and as people. Well, sustainable as, as an industry and as people, as you said, because if you're teaching young people that, teaching your staff that, then they have a better balance, they have a better outlet. You, it, the, the business, it's all, it, it all comes right back, right? Because right. you have less problems, less turnover, less, you know, uh, somebody's in the hospital or whatever. It's, and, and then they reap the benefit of learning from somebody that they respect and admire. And then they stay here and they carry that message out wherever they may go. And when they start their own place one day, that's how daily. Y'all are so, I'm really thankful. I mean, this industry benefits so much from folks like you and Steve and all the folks that are outspoken about this and uh it's i think that's one of the neat things about our culture now is that um you know there's a through social media through podcast there's a the ability to spread a message you know it's leveraged now that's right and um it wasn't like that in the past so you were more siloed and isolated and mm-hmm. some dude down in charleston is behind sobriety then maybe people in charleston find out about it now the whole country can that's quickly right. the whole yeah. world can really and um I think that's great. I think it's a wonderful, there's so many negative uses of social media and, and, and those megaphones now, but there's so many positive ones and that's one of them. That's why I love doing this, man, because I, I think that y'all, I just admire y'all so much. So many of the people we are real lucky to serve. Y'all are leaders, not only in your, like I said, in your craft, but in just the way you approach the, the industry holistically and, you know, sort of from a big picture perspective. It's, it's a great thing, man. Well, thank you. Yeah, we definitely have a lot more to figure out. We don't have it all figured out yet. Never will. No, but, but we're moving in a really good direction. And this is a conversation that I'm hearing at every food festival, every uh, wine festival, every um, every time industry leaders are together. I'm hearing this now. Yeah. Ten years ago, I was hearing none of this. Yeah. In fact, all of those festivals, all of those get-togethers were to party yeah yeah so that's a good it's a great thing for me i've been sober for 14 years and 10 years ago even five years ago this conversation was not happening yeah so you can imagine how ecstatic i am yeah look we sell alcohol so we're not against it yeah uh what we want to do is make sure that for that percentage of the population that struggles with it yeah we take care of them. We have a place when they know that there's a place for them to go within their own industry where they feel yeah. safe and taken care of. Uh, besides all the other options out there for getting yeah. sober, we uh, have an option internally now. Thanks to Mickey Bax and Steve Palmer, these are the two guys who finally said, we're going to do something. Yes. And, uh, you know, that conversation was going on for years. And those are the two guys out of Charleston, two people I consider dear friends and mentors that just finally said enough, enough, we need to do something. And it's, I just, it's amazing how quickly it's grown and how, um, how needed it was. Yeah, absolutely. And so we get to help people and, uh, and, and, you know, teach better ways to take care of our own within our industry and a couple of other cool things that we do uh we have a we have a doctor and we have a chiropractor and they like to dine these are friends of mine who uh will treat our staff uh, using the barter system nice so we're a small company we cannot afford insurance yet for everyone we hope when we get to our third restaurant that will be the time that we'll be able to roll out benefits but until then we've gotten sort of creative in how we um uh, give away massage therapy massage therapy uh, for winning contests or we had a a massage therapist who would come in and actually do pre-shift uh, massages, and we have a chiropractor who comes to the restaurant, sets up his table, and does adjustments, awesome. and teaches ways that you can use better posture and yeah. and ways that you can exercise to keep. We have terrible posture in this industry, mm. and uh, I've had neck issues that almost led to surgery. You hear about it Was all that the from time, like being on the line and looking yeah. over. And, yeah, okay, it's that called makes a sense. repetitive injury mm-hmm. over 25 years of cooking or whatever. Yeah. Um, and chronic pain and all sorts of issues that come with this. If you're in it long enough, it yeah. will happen to you. Yeah. 
And so we happen to have a great, unbelievable uh, chiropractor named Matt Osborne, who just has such a understanding of how work affects your posture and overall yeah. health. And uh, so he loves to eat. We love to learn from him. So yeah. we have the barter system working. And uh, it's, you know, these are the ways that I think we can be creative in just teaching That's people. Absolutely. And, I love and, it. And, and showing them that, hey, this is a good way to take care of yourself instead of uh, going out drinking because you're feeling some pain. And, you, you know, yeah. how about uh, do these things instead? So I have alcoholism in my family, and I was always really worried about that. And, of course, you know, it's almost like, you manifest stuff when you think and worry about it too much. Sure. So I got like, you know, partied too much in college and was young and I was out and I was like, God, I'm, all my life I've said I don't want to be an alcoholic and boy, I'm sure on that road if I'm not careful. And I remembered something that my eighth grade uh, PE teacher, he was my advisor and he told us one day, he was talking about addictive personalities and he said, my, my family has alcohol addiction and uh, I knew it and I knew I had that personality so I channeled it into exercise and I'm addicted to exercise now and I get I feel better when I exercise really hard than I do when I drink anyway so yeah. it's like you know it's a total obvious thing and I immediately I was like it's what I got to do yeah. and I started doing that about 10-15 years ago I got really into it and I told him like a couple of years ago I was like you haven't I haven't taught you 30 something years but you changed but you know in some way you changed my life and he was like, holy cow, dude. That's, That's amazing. amazing. Yeah, it was really cool. So, again, there's an example of a mentor who changed your yes. life with a few words. Yep. And so we, we need to take that seriously. Very. As mentors. Yes. Uh, they're how, listening. How we, they're listening. They're and, watching and, and they're listening. Just can, like your kids, it's the same deal. It really is. We can positively impact people or we can negatively impact them. And we have that kind of power. And early in my career, I just didn't realize that. I just yeah. didn't realize the... Uh, the impact that I was having on people. Yeah. And so I take that very seriously now and I just try to teach positive, uh, healthy practices instead of, of the, the other. And, you know, to your point, you were talking about that energy that you had, whether you put that into alcoholism or drinking or partying. You're, you're going to do it exercise. really well. <laughs> That's what I was talking about when I was a younger man. Yeah. I needed something positive to yeah. put that energy into. And, and for me, it was cooking. Yeah. Yeah. It's going to go somewhere. That energy is going to go somewhere. Yeah, it is. And I notice that now, like I look back and I'm like, we were out recently and, uh, some guys were telling some stories about, well, Will did that, you know, and I was like, you know, yeah, it was because, like, if I was going to be drinking, I was going to drink the Go most and, like, yeah. party the hardest, yeah. like, and do the craziest thing, like, yeah. oh, yeah, I'll worry about my kids in college now, but anyway, uh, it, but but it's, you, you're right, they do listen, and um, and it's, it, it's just a good thing that, man, I'm, I'm so thrilled that y'all are doing that. Do you, um, what do you do? Like, do you exercise a lot or do you? I do. In fact, my son just got into weight training. So we're getting yeah. back into that. Yeah, he's nice. 12 and he's taking a real interest in that. So exercise has always been in my life in some way or another, yeah. different forms. Um, you still surf? No, I don't. <laughs> That's one thing I don't do anymore. A couple things I don't do anymore because of time. When you have a family. Yeah. I don't play the guitar as much as I used to. Mm. Um, and I don't. Uh, do water sports as much as I used to. So oh, do you, what kind of what boating, other, surfing? Yeah. I mean, I just always wanted to be on the water or in the water, and so I don't I don't do those things as much anymore, just because of time and yeah. we're not as close to the coast. But uh, now I have a a home to take care of and two restaurants and yeah. you know, two kids and pets and how old are your kids? Beautiful wife, um, nine and twelve. Nice. My, my daughter Jolie is nine, and. Uh, my son Giles is twelve. Okay, so he's getting into weight training. Like, yeah, he's, he, he's pop, my son's twelve too. He, they just started doing it at school. Yeah, so exactly. really basic stuff. Just basic stuff. Yeah. Getting into strength training and yeah, uh, he's into jujitsu. And so nice. what, what he realized was that some of the boys that are weight training are doing better at jujitsu because they're stronger. And so yeah. he took a real interest in strength training. And so he's gotten me back into it. So I'm sure I'm going to be sore for a while. Nice. Nice. Y'all doing squats, deadlifts? We looked at stuff? a rack last night. We looked at a rack so that we could uh, do squats. Yeah. We yeah, had to get a rack dude. in our home gym. 
Squats and deadlifts, man. Yeah. It's all in the legs. Right. I've gotten really to the point where I really obsess over my legs now. So much of your health is like actually on diabetes. I heard I was uh, listening to this podcast and this doctor was talking about how you can um, you can take a, a sample, a tissue sample from somebody's thigh and you can tell like 10 years in advance that they're heading down the path to type 2 diabetes. Yeah. It's such a big deal. They're like a harbinger for your health. Right. So I learned, I started getting obsessed with deadlifts and squats. <laughs> They're great for the whole body. And yeah, and sprints. Yeah. We were sprinting for a while. Um, that was early morning. And yeah. then we opened Jolie, and that had to stop because yeah. I was here early every morning. Yeah. So we we work on our balance always. It's still, uh, when you're talking about balance, it's it's always a challenge. And it's always sort of a moving target. Yeah. I think we do pretty well as a family. We have really great people, and we work hard to keep great people here. That's really the key to balance, to having a happy team and and uh, and making sure that their jobs within your organization are sustainable and, yeah. and healthy. Uh, otherwise, you know, we'll never have balance, and no one, you know, really will. So, mm-hmm. but it's a, it's a constant. We have to constantly work at it. Yeah. You, that personality type a lot of times I'm not surprised you're in your own place because a lot of times just you need to you need to be, feel like you're controlling your own destiny yeah, I think yeah um, for sure you know and I spent years building a brand that was just me as a chef and then each time I would get a job I would sort of just relinquish the control over that brand to someone else I couldn't be myself truly who I was I couldn't speak openly to the media because I was representing someone else yes I had to cover up my tattoos oh really yeah yeah because you know the last employer thought that it might offend their guests you know I mean just it's like putting a tiger in a cage yeah it's like you're not yourself no you you can't be yourself and you get to a point where that being yourself and expressing what what you want to put out to your community expressing yourself through that food that that you want to deliver to your community or through the design of your restaurant or whatever it is that you want to give to your community and earn a living through that it it needs to be an expression of you and uh that's very very difficult to do when someone actually controls your brand yeah, when somebody when you have that creative personality and that that high level of energy, if it's throttled or suppressed in any way, it's very it gets bottled up. It gets very frustrating. It does. It really does. Um, I, yeah, and I then it, it it just can be, make you not enjoy your work. Right. And then once that happens, then your work is not going to be as good as it can be, and it's just going to be uh, draining. And all of those things happen to me. How do you um, knowing that? And you probably have some of those same types of people here. How do you find the balance of giving them enough autonomy, but also keeping them, you know, within the parameters of what you're trying to do with, with your company and your brand? Well, the first thing is to make sure that they like what mm-hmm. we're doing, that, that this yeah. is something that they want to be a part of. Uh, and then absolutely letting them have some creative freedom. Yeah. And learning how to let go just enough to, you know, still uh, have creative control but but allow them to have certainly plenty of creative input yeah and everyone benefits from that because their their ideas are great yep and um the the work ends up being better the food the service it ends up being better if it's collaborative than if it was just me coming up with all the ideas i have great ideas but so do they and so those collaborative uh results are way better than the results that I would bring by myself yeah, honestly I mean, for sure no. great great creative exciting chefs working under me and, and managers who have ideas about service and, and uh, you know cocktail creators who have I mean that we actually you know bounce ideas back and forth from the kitchen to the, to the cocktail creators because they're they're just so good at at uh, creating combinations so we're all learning from each other and and enjoying our work and, and having the ability to be creative that keeps people happy but also I think honestly I would like to see 
anyone who's working for me who wants to have their own place, I would like to help them get there. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Love they're that. going to move on eventually anyway. Right. We can't keep everyone forever, even if we want to. And so... Figure out a path together. Yeah. Yeah. And maybe I could invest in their uh, future, their restaurants, and um, That's and help them get through some of the things that are really difficult when you're trying to go out and do your own thing um, because there aren't a lot of resources out there and there's just a lot of trying to figure it out. Yep. And um, so I kind of think it, it, we should, as mentors, continue to mentor people even after they've left our company. Maybe. Absolutely. So Absolutely. hopefully that can be the, the route with some of the people who are working for me now because they're amazing. Well, you know, a lot of people around here share that philosophy in Raleigh. Yeah. The triangle. I mean, yeah. so many of y'all do. I really, there's so many people here that I, I see that. I see them uh, fostering this healthy, balanced lifestyle, this focus on the community, this, um, you know, they're, 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 it's like they're taking care of a garden and they're, they're watering and nurturing these plants that grow and eventually they got to, you know, they grow into something else and, but they support all the way through, and I, it's just great. It's wonderful to see. You have an amazing community, uh, hospitality community in this area. I couldn't Absolutely agree more. Fantastic, yeah. Raleigh Absolutely is amazing. fantastic. It's. I don't think. I mean, I think it's people are starting to figure that out. But like, if you talk about like top culinary hotspots in the country, maybe Raleigh's starting to get on the radar. Boy, it should be near the top of the radar, in my opinion, at this I point. I appreciate uh, that. Yeah, oh, for sure, no doubt about I it. I agree. Yeah, I'm sure you do. <laughs> I'm sure you do. Um, so, okay. So, what about uh? Do you um? Do you read a lot of books? Do you have I time do. to read? What kind of stuff do you read? Mostly cookbooks. Mostly cookbooks. Yeah, I'm like most old school chefs. We love cookbooks, and we love to get the latest cookbooks. And uh, it's not just about reading recipes or trying recipes. It's about sharing ideas and yeah, looking at the documentation of someone else's work and you know, yeah. uh, their philosophies and uh, it ke- it keeps me inspired and it. Uh, it makes me uh, think of things that I haven't thought in a while, maybe. Or yeah. it makes me look at an ingredient differently. Or, right. You know, it just keeps things fresh. And also, a lot of these people are my friends, and I like to see them document their work and, yeah. and uh, learn more about their philosophies and delve in a little bit deeper into what their, what, you know, their careers and their paths. <clears throat> so that's mostly what I read. Uh, I also love to read... Um, books about the music industry I got on this a few years ago and uh, it's just fascinating for me yeah. to read especially about the the, the the rock era of the 80s and 90s did the, you read Keith Richards no but everyone keeps telling me I need oh, yeah, to and I haven't either but I keep I, that's what I keep, people keep telling me I'm it's like, on I my do, list I need to just do it yeah what are some of the ones you've, you've enjoyed um, one of my favorites was actually um uh Duff McKagan's book, the bass player from Guns N' Roses. Ooh, um, interesting. It's called It's So Easy and Other Lies. <laughs> and what I found most interesting about this book is that he wrote it himself. He didn't use a really? ghostwriter. Really? Yeah, he... Good for him. After, you know, this, this, his career in rock, he took a break and went to college. Yeah. And uh, learned about finance because he wanted to know if he was paid correctly all those years because mainly he was wasted <laughs> and had no idea if he was actually paid correctly so he got a finance he went to school for finance and then he got into writing and uh, it was Duff just McKagan. so many uh, parallels I could see between the music industry and the restaurant industry it was yeah. just fun to read obviously their industry can be a little more extreme than ours but boy it can i, I definitely that rec- band i recommend that book right uh those guys it, back in the day were <laughs> but they were about as big as a rock band since I've, i mean like they just if they're blew up zenith yeah. they were good grief I well mean. and that's part of it you know you go you talk about uh he talks about in the book how he went from just playing living in a warehouse and playing yeah. Clubs to within the same year, right? Playing arenas worldwide, and and you know how do you handle that? How is anyone equipped to handle? That? How does a young, early twenties guy that's part like how they're twenty three yeah. years old? I mean, they, 
There's yeah. no way that you're equipped to handle that. It's just a recipe. It's like for a, that's just like a time bomb. Yeah. I mean, and then you had, I mean, like Axel. That guy was just just a nut, nut. job. Yeah. yeah. I mean, brilliant, but just whew. so many. Uh, so much of the book is about that, and some of the drama. Anyway, I I highly recommend it. So those type of books are fascinating to me. I read those a lot, and then uh, I read a little about Buddhism. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I enjoy that. Yeah. Do you and meditate? I do. Yeah. Yeah. Meditation is sort of important to me, and uh, peace. Just peace is important to me, and having peace and finding it. And uh, what does that mean? I mean, what do you mean by peace? Where well, Where are you at at peace the most? You know, probably just with my family. Yeah. If I'm together with my family at our home, mm-hmm. it is probably the most peace that I can find anywhere. Yeah. But there's also a great peace in, you know, speaking of musicians, Flea is the bass player from... Chili Peppers. Chili Peppers. Yeah. I love this band when I was coming up. Me too. And Freaking awesome. Great uh, kitchen music, by yeah, the way. Yeah, I bet. So Flea once said, and I think it was when they were being inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame he said there's just this when I am in that groove that is the one place that I'm truly free Mm. when I am in that groove and uh, I feel that way about cooking yeah and so there is some peace in that groove of cooking as well Uh, but I think peace of mind and, and mental peace and and uh, calmness is important for me. I don't know about, you know, everyone's different, but yeah, um, I'm sort of, uh, you know, my personality needs to have that peace in order to be healthy day yes. to day. Right. And so the, I've explored through the years lots of different uh, techniques for that. And what I've found that makes me most happy in life is my family and, uh, you know, my craft and mm-hmm. my, you know, the people in my life, my community, yeah. my home. It's really, I've really simplified yep. uh, to, to those basic things that yep. make me the most happy and bring me the most peace. And all of the other stuff that goes with the, the PR world and the, the self-promotion and all of that is really just to make a healthy business yeah. for me. I don't get too caught up in that for right. my ego. I don't need yeah. to feed my ego because if my kids and my wife tell me I'm great, that's all I need to really hear. Amen, brother. That comes with maturity and, yes, and it does. just going into a different phase right. in life. You know, As a I young agree. chef, you kind of need to feed your ego and yeah. some of that can be good to build your brand, but it usually ends up, you have to check that yeah. somewhere along the way. It's, well, just uh, like you said, like when you you got into you know you you get a, got obsessed with perfection and that leads to just too much you yeah know, roll you know roll it back a little That's bit right. but yeah it does e- there's a book called ego is the enemy you ever heard of that book i have heard of it ryan holiday yeah he's written some the obstacle is the way and ego is the enemy and a few others it's good stuff you know my experience with ego is that it it can give you courage and and audacity to do things yeah so that's when it's in a healthy place, yes. I think. Yep. And then if, if you're feeding it too much or you're buying too much into that, yeah, you know, uh, I'm a great chef, I'm amazing, you know, whatever. Yeah. Uh, we're just cooking. Yeah. You know, we're not saving lives or, right. or uh, going into, you know, space. We're, we're just cooking. So there's a point where you really have to say, we're just cooking. We're just. Well, I mean, you know, chefs I think, can do some great, amazing things and and have these enormous empires, and and that's great. But um, at the end of the day, we're 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 cooks. We all started as cooks, and I like to bring it back to that. I'm just practicing a craft and um, keep that ego in check. Yeah, humility is really important, and the um, not 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 believing your own BS sometimes yeah exactly you have to learn that that comes with maturity too it does you, you, I mean I've learned more than once you know easy yeah <laughs> easy yeah <laughs> settle down dude you yeah know? Um, so I, I totally relate to that um, okay so uh, what about do you listen to podcasts occasionally yeah. what do you listen to um, you know there's one that that uh, 
I've recently enjoyed. It's from the Healing Transitions okay. uh, here in Raleigh. Okay. They have a, a recovery podcast. Okay. And so Healing transitions. Yeah, yeah. In there, there's all of this information about different groups and oh, cool. uh, different activities and things that are going on that um, uh, I've enjoyed that one recently. Okay. But there's so many great podcasts now. A ton of them. There's like a million. It's kind of hard I mean, to like keep up. A million. Yeah. yeah. There, yeah, there, there are a lot of them. It's a good thing, though. I mean, it's amazing. It's like the same as YouTube. Like, I tell my kids, they're like, you can, God, right in your pocket, you've got, like, just access to so much knowledge if you want to learn something. Absolutely. Just go take it. Like, it, there's no gatekeepers anymore. You yeah. don't have to, you know? Uh, it's just, if you want it, you can learn it. That's right. Um, which, is a, which is a great thing. I think it's fantastic. Um, so there's a... Uh, uh, I'll, I'll send you the link. There's a um, a video. I say I call it the best three minutes on YouTube. There's a former Navy SEAL, this guy named Jocko Willink. Jocko has his own podcast. He does like leadership training and all this kind of stuff. But he's got a uh, he's got this video. I've sent it to a couple of folks, and they've shown their staff. It's it's called Good. And he talks about how he recounts when he was in was he was a SEAL commander, and he'd have this like somebody would come to him, and they'd come with some problem. And he'd say, good. And they'd he, every time that something was bad or somebody came in with a problem, he'd say, good. Like, uh, we're not going to get, you know, we're not going to get deployed on that mission. Good. More time to train. We're not going to get this, you know, special new equipment. Good. We'll keep things light and simple. So he would always find, like, what's the good? That is such a, uh, that literally, I mean, I don't mean to um, exaggerate, but I, I came across this thing earlier this year. It almost changed my life in some ways. I mean, it's just really made me, it's like a deliberate practice every day now. Like, okay, this happened. Good. You know? And you know, what, that's hard to do. It's very, it, it's like I said, it's a deliberate practice. It's like a muscle. It's like weight training. You gotta, you gotta, I mean, I literally watch the video more than once every week just because it's, I need to that's amazing. It's so, I'll send it to you. It's so We all good. need that. We all need more. You know, I really admire people who can turn all of the... And I work at it. I work really hard. It's hard. At it. Yeah, it's not, you know... But it is hard to keep things positive when you have so many challenges all, every day. Yeah, yeah. But it's a... Uh, if you can get yourself in that mindset and you start saying, okay, instead of going, God, this sucks. Dude. Wow, <laughs> what a, you go, good. And you, you will find, like you'll find... What's the good that can come with this? I mean, you can go one of two ways, right? A positive yep. way or a negative way. That's right. You know. Um, Tell me about that video. Yeah, I'll send you the link. Okay. It's called it's uh, Jocko Willink, and it's uh, called Good. I will send the. I'll, I'll email you the link to it. These I mean, I've got it saved. Like it's. Yeah. I mean, it's freaking. I have a bookmark on my phone. I'm not kidding. I literally watch it like two or three times a week. I'll be like sitting somewhere, and, you know, just whatever, and uh, I'll just be like nothing going on i'm gonna watch the good video <laughs> that's great yeah I, I you know we need that i think we need more of that we need more injection of positive energy in our day-to-day lives there's so much it seems to be so much negativity yes um to navigate through and uh any any injection of positive energy i think is great just to remind us all you know one of the things we talk about in recovery is that gratitude is really the answer to totally. all of our problems. And, yes. And, um, but it's tough. Yeah. It's tough to keep that mindset, especially when you're exhausted or, you know, you're just getting beat up with problems. Yeah. Um, then it can become really difficult to stay on that positive. But when you are, you know, it's true. It's completely true. And, and you know what? It also, it permeates and spreads. Like when I was down there mm-hmm. at Sir Walter Coffee this morning with Kevin, guy who, do you know Kevin? Uh, Kevin who? Um, he's the owner down at Sir Walter. Oh, Coffee. the owner. Yeah, no, I don't know him, but I great I love dude. his place. Oh, yeah. it's it's awesome. Really cool dude. Um, I just got to know him a couple weeks ago. I was in there, and uh, so I, you know, I went in there and I was hanging out. And he had this guy come in that was, I think he was interviewing. Like Kevin's opened another place in Holly Springs, and he introduced me to this young man. Maybe it was Aaron, I think. And I was like, Hey, Aaron, how you doing? He goes, Man. I'm great. I'm alive. I'm here. Living the dream. Nothing's better. And I just sat. I was like, God, that just made me feel so good. Like, yeah. It's that positive vibe. And I think that the, um, you know, the, uh, have you heard of the book or seen this movie that's out now called The Art of Racing in the Rain? No. Um, phenomenal book. And one of them, it's about this dog. 
and he saw his owner as a, a, a Formula One race car driver. But you see this story through the lens of the dog. It'll make you inspired. It'll make you cry. But one of the big messages in that, the whole movie was really this metaphor for the idea that his uh, owner who, who uh, drove race cars, like he could race well when it rained. And he said that the reason he never hit the wall when it rains is because when it rains, everybody gets panicky and anxious and their eyes go to the wall because they're scared they're going to hit it and he'd say the car goes where the eyes Mm -hmm. go you know we manifest what's before us well my point behind all that is like there's a uh life is you know like reality is kind of it's just it's neutral like you, you can you can take a positive approach and you can find positive things and everything or you can take a negative approach and find negative stuff and that's going to be kind of miserable, but you know, it's, it, you can fall into that trap, yeah. but there's always, you know, building a business like this, you, you, you've got to have lots of positive energy. I yeah. mean, just lots of it. it's got to flow right from the top and then permeate everybody. And what better way to do it than what you're doing now with sobriety and balance and teaching that versus like, you know, the opposite, what you were doing in the past, it's a, you, you don't think it at the time, but it's like a negative energy, yeah, right? It really I mean, is. It, it, yeah. it's, and it spreads. Sure. Like whatever you're going to, you're going to spread whatever energy you've got. I yeah. believe that. Right. And it's I, you probably, know, is that Buddhist? I mean, I don't, I've never really studied Buddhism, but it, is that in line with? It is in line with yeah. Buddhism. I think that uh, we have to take some moments to appreciate the joy in our work because yes. it's so fast paced and so, um, meticulous and so it can be you know servers can be dealing with a very difficult guest cooks can be dealing with a piece of equipment that just broke that day and we didn't get it fixed in time for service there's so many variables so many challenges day to day that uh it it is really difficult this is easier said than done but you really have to appreciate the joy in what you're doing yes Uh, take a moment and appreciate how much fun it is to cook for people and uh, the camaraderie in the kitchen is a pretty amazing thing. You know, just look around at the people who support you every day. Oh, when that's when that's you know, flowing, it's man, it's, it's like amazing. Magic. Yeah, and and just taking a few minutes each day to appreciate that, and I have to remind myself to do that. My wife has to remind me to do that because, as a business owner, I can get bogged down with business things. Yeah, business things are not always there's not a lot of joy in that. Uh-huh. Sometimes mm-hmm. you know you're just getting hammered with things that need to be fixed or looked at or p and l's or you know whatever and um sometimes it's nice just to walk in the kitchen walk up to the line and just start cooking yeah and just enjoy the craft and enjoy the the people around you and so i think day to day we try to do that we try to say just take a moment and and find some joy today in what we're doing you know you know um one of the things i'm curious with recovery stuff, you mentioned gratitude is, uh, is presence and awareness part of that too? Absolutely. Yeah. Cause I've, I've had, so I've been through some therapy and stuff and, and that's been a big thing for me has been, it's, again, it's a, it's a deliberate practice. That's it's right. like a muscle, right? Yeah. You're yeah. same thing with the good thing. You got to just keep, keep exercising it or atrophy and it, but the more you exercise it, the bigger it'll grow and to a point. And, uh, one of the things I've had to learn is to, it's very easy for me to, my mind is racing all the time and I've got all these things going on. And like, I mean, like with my family at home, you know, my wife would be like, dude, I know you're looking at me in the eyes right now. I know you're listening. You are not present. Mm-hmm. And she's got a really good intuition and she's right about it a lot of the times if I'm being honest. So it's learning to take these things that are circulating in there and, and, acknowledge them and then push them to the side and let them sit and stay focused on where we are right now and in the moment i would imagine if you're able to do that when you're cooking that's probably a thing of peace i love that you said that being present as a father as a mentor as a husband these are all things that i have to work on because yeah. I'm like you, my mind races. Last night I couldn't shut it off, so I was just laying in bed, yeah. trying to solve all my problems while I'm laying there. It doesn't work. Um, you know, you need good rest to be able to solve problems. Yes, you do. Yeah. <laughs> so, one thing, I'll use the opening of Jolie as an example. 
we opened with maybe one or two less people than we maybe originally anticipated. Yeah. We don't really, you never really know how many cooks and how much staff you need until you open anyway. So mm-hmm. we didn't get too concerned about it. I said, yeah. I'll, I'll work a station and I'll uh, cook every evening for three weeks, a month, whatever, until yeah. we figure out how many people we do need. Maybe sure. we hire one more, or two more. And so during the opening, there's so many things that are really stressful. But the fact that I could just go walk into the kitchen and say, I have to cook now. Yeah. And just be there cooking and be present. That was, it's, it's almost calming. Yeah. And, and be, and it's the truth. It's not like I'm hiding from anything. I have to go cook now. Yes. So these things that seem so important, they're just going to have to wait because I have guests to cook for and they're going to be here soon and I need right. to cook for them. Yep. And so that was just a very peaceful way of declining, you know, a meeting that maybe needed to happen, maybe didn't really need yeah, to happen, right. you know, or uh, a really nice way to uh, excuse myself from a lot of the... Uh, uh, other things that go on with an opening and just yeah. really focus on what was important. Like I said, I love to simplify. Well, tonight we have 150 guests and we need to cook really well for them. Yeah. And that's just that simple. Yeah. And just really bring it back to that. And uh, it was great. Simplify. So I have this, uh, have you ever heard of Nassim Taleb? He's an author. He wrote a book called The Black Swan and another one called Anti-Fragile. Anti-Fragile is awesome. I'll tell you about it. Um, but he talks about this concept of uh, via negativa. And via negativa is basically improving by taking away, not by adding. Living in the negative. And, uh, you know, stripping down every aspect or domain in your life to what's critical and what's important and, and, and not messing with the rest. I think it's... I've learned as I've got older, like the more I take away, the better I am, <laughs> the yeah. better I feel than, than what I add. Yeah. <laughs> yes. That comes with maturity too. I'm, I've been learning that the last yeah. few years. Yeah. We don't need more. No. We need to appreciate and what and, you have and understand what is in front of us right now. And yeah. Yeah. I agree. Okay. So, uh, I know we've only got about, we got about 10, nine, 10 more minutes. So I want to let you roll, but, um, I want you to tell me about, uh, you're opening a steakhouse that's in right Perry? yeah dude when's that opening uh that's gonna open sometime in 2021 <sighs> we'll keep everyone posted next year on the progress of that because it's part of a larger development mm-hmm. this is a first time for me to be involved in a, a larger development like okay some, something this size it's a billion dollar development with uh, uh mixed use okay. and um i like the people doing the developing and i like their approach uh it's basically like building a small city yeah um, in the middle, it's basically right between Raleigh and Durham. And, uh, I like those classic, uh, dining experiences. Mm-hmm. And so with Crawford and son, we tried to create, um, a neighborhood restaurant, one that could push the envelope a little with the food, but still be approachable. And, yeah. uh, with Jolie, it's that sort of classic French bistro. Uh, approach with a little bit of a few twists here and there and yeah. some modern design elements and uh that so we're going along really with that with the steakhouse and, and creating this american dining experience but there'll be plenty of cool mm. surprises with within the design and the, our approach to it oh, so I'm, I'm really excited and it's the first time that we've done new construction so we can do things that we haven't been able to do in the past when you're yeah. Uh, dealing with older buildings. I love older buildings. Do you own this building? Or? No, no okay. I don't. Right. Um, I love this building. It's, it's a great all, building. It has problems Beautiful. like yeah, old buildings sure. do, but um, we've gotten in pretty good shape. My landlord is a great guy, a great yeah. great couple actually that own it, and they um, have done a lot, and we've come a long way. The, so the building uh, it actually houses Crawford and & Son and uh, Jolie. Yeah. And then there's a speakeasy uh, bar under Jolie in the basement, and then there's a pelagic beer and uh, bar in the in the back portion of this building. Oh, so that's cool. Do you share the kitchen for Jolie? No, we don't. No, we okay. have our own little open kitchen in Jolie. Okay. So anyway, we have this sort of American neighborhood restaurant, this French bistro, and now we're going to do this uh, sort of 
modern interpretation of a classic American steakhouse. We're super excited. Oh, man. It'll be new construction, and it'll be a little bit larger. So okay. it'll be, uh, I think, between 4,500 and 5,000 square feet. How many so is this? This is uh, 2,500, okay. and then Jolie, between the downstairs and upstairs, is you know just a little under 2,000 square feet. So those, these are both small restaurants. Yeah. Um, this will be a little bit larger give us a little bit more opportunity to serve larger parties which is something we struggle with in these smaller restaurants Um, we get those inquiries a lot so we want people to be able to come and and host their you know holiday parties or larger parties and uh we'll be able to do that at the steakhouse so there are a lot of things that we've been wanting to do that we'll be able to do with the steakhouse just given that it's a larger larger space you have some you can have a and we'll have parking for the first yeah, time. Park, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's the thing around a lot of these places yeah, here. Downtown, it's hard. Yeah, yeah. it's not easy. Yeah. Uh, you have any bison on the menu? Oh, you know what? I love bison. I used to serve it a lot when I was with the Ritz-Carlton. So, yeah, yeah. I think that would be great. I yeah. love bison. I do, too. There, it's lean. It's delicious. It has yeah. a deep flavor. Uh, I Some love really it. really healthy. Mm-hmm. A, lot of, a lot of nutrients. And I, There's a guy out of Asheville, outside of Asheville, Dr. King. He's got a bison ranch. Yep. I get his, uh, I mean, Harris Teeter. I get the... Uh, ground bison is that and, right? uh, for burgers like yeah. I started making for when I make burgers for the kids I use ground bison now That's great. they freaking love it you don't have to do anything like it's almost beefier yeah I get like the grass fed uh, beef and I really like it mm-hmm. but I normally put a little salt and pepper flavor it up bison just throw it on there yeah cook it done I don't Delicious. I do nothing to it and it's just oh it's awesome uh, I can't wait for your steak place, Thank man. You. I've been really eating a lot of steaks lately. I've been re- I started doing that reverse sear. I mean, I'm not a yeah. cook, but yeah. those are good. Ribeye, yeah. reverse sear. Yeah. Ooh, I like them. I do eat. We, I'll talk to you another time, but I, I uh, in part for health reasons, like I, I've really, um, you know, kind of gotten dialed into more of the ketogenic yeah. diet. Yeah. It seems to, seems to work pretty well. Yeah. It does for me as well with, uh, Type 1 diabetes, you know, obviously I need to keep the uh, yeah. carbs low and have a, a higher protein diet. Yeah. <clears throat> Lots of vegetables. And so, same with me. Yeah. yeah. Is that a jam box right there? It is. It, that's a boom box. We yeah. used to call that. Um, that is the exact replica of a boom box that my brother and I got for Christmas. I think it actually belonged to my brother. He certainly uh-huh. made it clear that it was his. Does it still work? Uh, yeah, it does work. The sound quality is very poor, but it takes, a, you know, like 100D batteries. Do you remember that? Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I love that, man. That's freaking awesome. Do you have cassette tapes to we play? Do. You we do. We have a few. They still work? I think so. Yeah. We played it when we first... So when, <gasps> we, when we opened Crawford & Son, there, you'll find some little things around. Some of the decor is uh, a nod to uh, either an era in my life or yeah. my family. The whole back wall is covered started with my family photos and then i invited the staff also to bring theirs oh, and so nice the staff all most of the staff has a photo back there of someone in their family so yeah we honor family uh in the on the back wall with the uh, the photos and uh just interesting things for people to look at when they're in the space and then a conversation piece like the boom box you know people are always asking about <laughs> oh, that I'm sure they are man that's <laughs> uh i think it's an 81 sanyo and uh, my brother got one of those for Christmas one year, and it was life-changing back then. You know? Oh, yeah. Oh, for sure. That was a big deal. Now we could take our music on the bus yes. and uh, carry it around. anywhere we went and carry it around, and all it required was like 100D batteries. Yeah. I need to get a picture <laughs> of that before I go and show it to my kids. It's like, what is that? Yeah, they <laughs> still exist. I found I, So I found it on eBay, the replica of the one that we had when we were kids, and bought it specifically for the restaurant. That's cool. And what, is that an, is that elk right there? Yeah, that's yeah. Uh, so. I grew up like I said. I grew up in Pennsylvania, and so a lot. Did you of, hunt? I did, and we everyone did, and yeah. and there were you know deer hunting mostly, and and on every wall and every place you went, there were antlers. Mm. And so I think sweet. These are not real in my restaurant, but just a nod to that uh, that lifestyle early on in my life. Love and it, man. The wallpaper and the chandelier are really a. Uh, sort of a nod to my grandmother's house and uh, and the wallpaper in the bathroom is, is vintage tattoo art so there's just nice. little pieces of me and my family all over the restaurant dude alright I'm gonna we're gonna end this but 
maybe maybe after you get the next one going or something like that we'll do it again i got I'd at least to. another hour of questions to ask I probably two or maybe we'll just have a beer sometime and not even record it but i really appreciate this a lot and uh well we won't have a beer sometime we'll have some what you know what cheers on the water cheers on sobriety <laughs> cheers and, uh thank you for the time uh thank you for sharing um and just dude you're just thanks for what you're doing for the industry and thanks for your business man we appreciate the chance to serve y'all we're just absolutely very proud to get to serve people like thanks for coming and spending some time with me today and for offering your service we love schedule fly appreciate that man yeah well hopefully they'll like these uh hats and socks around here they're gonna love it listen my cooks my staff they love these type of gifts i really appreciate you bringing those oh yeah for sure man for sure um all right brother that's it folks that's a wrap thank y'all for listening more coming soon see ya